1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic, Jared. How about you?
1: I'm not doing too bad. If you were looking for our guest tonight, Steven Rizzotto. Rizzo, he lives in San Francisco, and for California, they're having a big rain Storm type of thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, you know. I don't think it's anything that you know normally happens in Southern California. But they're getting dumped on. They lost power. So he will be on hopefully Wednesday with us. We're gonna talk a little bit of Giants, a little bit of Angels, and we'll just kind of see where it goes when we when we talk to him. I'm I'm excited to talk to him. So Nate, as always, I got a question to start the day off for you. We have a World Series matchup now. 2021 World Series will be the Atlanta Braves against the Houston Astros. And my question to you is, are the Astros, I'm just kidding, is Dusty Baker a Hall of Famer?
2: Oh, um, I, I would say, yeah, he is. He's uh, one of only a few managers to make it to the World Series in both leagues with two different teams, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's done a good enough job to get into Hall of Fame, I think, managing well into his his 60s really helped as well. So, yeah, I would say he's a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. If you're putting Socha in, I think you kind of got to put Dusty Baker in. They're, you know, in a sense, basically the same manager. Except
2: um, Socha actually won one.
1: Yeah, Socha actually has one under his belt, which, hey, I mean, you never know. I guess if the, uh, if the Astros win here, then again, there might be some... I don't think we need to get into it. There's no funky stuff going on this year, right?
2: I, I don't know. <laughs>
1: that,
2: that's not for me to decide. That's for everyone else at baseball. But I did hear an interview the other day that uh, it was from Chris Bassett. He said, if anyone's doing it now, like, you're just dumb. But uh, back in the – like, when the Astros were doing it, everybody was doing it. So, like, uh, it was okay. But somebody had to get caught, and the Astros were, like – breaking the rules by far, like, way worse than everyone else. So they were like, okay, they're easy to catch. But everyone was doing something according to
1: Bassett. Yeah, everybody but the Angels.
2: Everyone who was winning. (laughs) So the Angels don't qualify as one of those teams.
1: It's kind of funny. You never really think about that, you know, that things might be going on until something actually gets put out to the media. Like, if anybody had the right sense of mind and just was kind of listening to games or heck was even listening to the, you know, their games on, on headphones or something like that, you would have totally noticed it, right? Like it it was totally blatant. What was going on hundred percent. So, Guys, I just want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos and making us the best Angels podcast out there. I really do appreciate it. If you like us and you're not subscribed yet, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Give us a review, hopefully a five-star review. If we do not deserve a five-star review, let us know why we don't deserve a five-star review. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias, mainly Twitter because that's where we put a lot of our stuff out. And guys, actually, if you didn't go and listen to our previous podcast with Taylor Blake Ward, and Bob Fontaine Junior. Go listen to that real quick, or I guess after this one. But go listen to that one if you haven't listened to the one with Taylor and Bob. It was really fun. I I, I feel more enlightened about baseball now that I've talked to both of them. I mean, me and Taylor, you know, talk on a weekly basis, but you know, just meeting Bob and, and everything that he brought to Angels baseball. He basically brought a world series to Angels baseball, which was really cool to see that and Just an exceptional baseball mind. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to that real quick. It's a a fun one. They have a book that's coming out. Don't forget to buy that book. And guys, give us one second to pay our bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that will help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com join check out the description box for this episode to find out more but that's bwhustle.com join and now back to talking halos all right enough with all the introductions let's get this show rolling a little bit more we already talked about braves and astros i didn't really we don't really break it down. I don't think we need to really break it down too much because, of course, this is an Angels podcast. But I would like to talk about the World Series. So, Nate, how do we see this unfolding?
2: Braves in six.
1: Wow, you already had a guess. I I, I haven't even thought about it yet. I want the Braves to win. I, I really do. I have a lot on the line with uh, some friendships. And that's as far as that will go with that one. But, but yeah, you know, I'm um, I'm with it. I, I, I would love to see the Braves win. I think... They, I think a lot of us had the Braves at least competing and the way they started the season off just to be in the playoffs was miraculous. Not even, you know, mention that they made it to the World Series and the teams they've had to beat, which, I mean, they had to beat the best team in baseball, which was the Dodgers in the regular season. So I'm with you. I I think the Braves win. I'd love to see seven games. I think anytime we have a World Series, seven games is an absolute plus, so... I don't know. I'm saying Braves in seven. I think that's who, who has home field advantage. The Astros will have home field advantage. Okay, so so. so they I'm can't really hoping it it's a,
2: it's Braves in five. But I just feel like Braves in six makes the most sense. The the biggest concern I have for the Houston Astros is who's going to pitch and and who's going to be available. Like, is Lance McCullers Jr. going to be available this series? Um, is uh, is Zach Greinke going to start for them? Is Framber Valdez going to be able to, to get out? I, I, I don't know. Like I know Valdez has been really good for them, but I think the Braves are very patient, and I think they hit lefties really well. You look at the lineup, and Jorge Soler mashes lefties. Uh, Duvall mashes lefties. Ozzy Albies mashes lefties. Like They've got a bunch of guys, and... I don't think it really matters to Freddie Freeman if you're left-handed or right-handed. He's going to hit you no matter what. So, um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup.
1: Absolutely, I think, you know, like we kind of saw it in in the last game of what game six of the NLCS, where it just felt like everything went the Braves' way. You know, they pinch hit the for their pitcher in the fourth inning with two outs. It's, I mean, you got to tip the cap to Snitker for doing that first off. Because most people would never even think about doing that, and then who came in to pinch hit? It was what's his? I can't. I can't even. Uh, Hernandez, Henry. Uh, Henry. Hernandez? It was Adrianza.
2: Adrianza.
1: Adrianza. Okay, so he came up, pinch hit. He hit the double, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, that pinch hit yeah, double.
2: I, I believe he went double.
1: He went double. The next guy that comes up is the absolute red, like hotter than hot. Eddie Rosario, he hits a three-run jack off of Walker Bueller after battling as crazy as it gets. I mean, and then, like, Ron Washington not sending Travis Darno home after Mookie makes the incredible play down the line to get it in as quickly as he can. I mean, again, I don't say that's luck, but, like, Ron Washington has been the MVP of the Braves. I mean, Rosario has, but Ron Washington has made some very crucial plays, and and that was one of them. You know, if he sends Darno home... He probably gets thrown out of the plate, correct?
2: Uh yeah, most likely.
1: Most likely gets thrown out of the plate. And who knows which way game 6 goes. And in and the winner of game 6 wins the series. I mean, that might sound stupid because obviously the Braves you know, they end up winning in 6, but if the Dodgers win game 6, that's that's a tough one to swallow even with home field advantage. You'd have to assume that the Dodgers are coming back with Scherzer, which I think I would like to, I we're going to probably talk a little bit more about Scherzer here in a little bit, but yeah, I just think that you know, right now the bounces are really going the Braves' way, and that's what it takes to win a World Series. and And I was having this conversation uh, uh, earlier today with with one of my followers on on Twitter, and he was saying, "Like, is Dave Roberts in the hot seat?" And I was like, uh, "I don't know, you know, like it's really tough. Like, I don't even know if we really want to get into that, but I don't. I think that Dave Roberts has to be on the hot seat." But at the same time, this just really shows how difficult it is to win in the playoffs. First off, well, to make it to the playoffs, to win in the playoffs, and to win a World Series. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And and I, I told him that, and he was like, "Well, Dodgers fans, Dodger fans aren't patient." And I said, "Well, nobody's patient. I mean, you look at Angels fans, and I'm you know not knocking on Angels fans, but Angels fans all they want to do is win, win, win for Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, and, that, and that's totally fair, but." There's a lot that has to go into it and a lot of luck. And I think we've talked about the Angels not being lucky. If you want to say they're cursed, so be it. But, I, you know, I just think that there is just so much that goes into this. And, and Game 6 was a perfect example. The fourth inning in Game 6, Snitker pinch hits for his pitcher with two outs, which was ballsy as it gets. And then Ron Washington doesn't send um, send Darno home after a, a bloop double down the line, a broken bat double too. And, you know, who knows which way that game unfolds if Bueller gets out of that inning and, and Rosario doesn't hit the, the three-run jack. So, I... Sorry, I just went on a, on a huge rant there and, you know, kind of opened up a lot of new conversations for us. So, I don't know if you have any anything else you want to say about the luck side of things that I just kind of broke open.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it, and to be to be fair, I was second-guessing Snicker in the seventh inning, it was, when he went to the same guy who uh, who blew it for them a couple nights earlier, and it was like, wh- why? And he almost blew it again. Thankfully, Tyler Matzik, who was the unsung hero for the Braves. I mean, it, it felt like he, you know, he got a lot of love, but like not not as much as he deserved. It, it was kind of weird. Like, you know, you're kind of like, um, you know, Tyler Matzik was probably the best pitcher for the Braves in the series. And he pitched in five of the six games. Like he did a really good job, but it was like, um, I, I, I just don't understand why he didn't get enough love, but I, I was second guessing. Like I, like I was saying, I was second guessing what the Braves were doing there. Um, uh, they, they went to Luke Jackson again. And it was like, I don't know if that's the guy you want to go to. You have Matic, you have Martin, you, you had a bunch of guys and that's who they ran out there. But, uh, it, thankfully they got him out in three batters and it worked out for him but yeah it was definitely uh, definitely an interesting move and you know thankfully that Matzik came in and struck out four of the six guys he faced and retired everyone so um, yeah thank thankfully for that
1: yeah and, oh Matzik on any other you know in any other team where Eddie Rosario is not alive he's the the MVP of not only that series but of you know, he's the NL MVP if that makes sense. I, I I know it's the two games or two series combined, but yeah, it, it, he was he was unbelievable. Gotta tip the cap to the SoCal native, the Capo Valley first round pick, I believe, in two thousand and eight or something like that. It's, his story is crazy. If if you guys haven't heard his story, go go find an article where they talk about Tyler Matzik, and and it's it's unbelievable. Had the yips. Uh, suffers from anxiety. I mean, just an incredible story that he's still pitching, let alone you know doing his thing in, in, in Major League Baseball. So it's it's unbelievable what he's doing. So I kind of opened the door a couple minutes ago and said the big two words of Max Scherzer, and we know there's a bit of an issue there with him at the moment. I, I mean, I don't know if we really want to break this open yet, or I, I don't feel comfortable anymore. You know, and you really have to hope that that there is a certain person in the Angels' organization that now also doesn't feel comfortable getting him. Correct?
2: Yeah, but I, I think with a, a, a full offseason, I think Max is going to be fine. Honestly, I think the Dodgers were just like so gung ho about beating the Giants; they really did not care what it took. You know, they didn't care if it if it jeopardize their their win against the Braves. Like they, I think they were a little overconfident when it came to that Atlanta series. Like, oh, Atlanta can't beat us. They only won, you know, eighty eight games or whatever it was. So, um, I, I think he's going to be fine. I know one of the stats that that I brought up to you probably a couple days ago was after Scherzer made it to the World Series, he had the worst year of his career. Um. So that's the one thing that you got to be worried about is. How how well is he going to bounce back from that? But I think he's he's been there and understands like, hey, this is not going to be you know a normal off for me. I've got to uh, I've got to allow my body to rest. And I definitely think that if there was a game seven, Max would have been on the mound. Um, I think the Dodgers just completely overused him. It was almost one of those things where it was like, hey, we made this trade. We've made this trade to go win a World Series. We're not re-signing you, and we really don't care what happens to you. Like, that's what it felt like. You know, it was like, um, we're going to use him, and if, you know, his arm falls off, not really our problem.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. That's, I mean, isn't that kind of the definition of a rental?
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, but people are, are still thinking the Dodgers are, are going to re-sign him, and that's like a done deal, and I was like, "Ah." the way that they treated him, they treated him as a rental, for sure, and I I definitely think that Max Scherzer, not that he doesn't want to go back there, because I'm sure he had a lot of fun, you know, playing for the Dodgers seems to be a lot of fun, just to ask Albert Pujols, but um, I, I just don't see him going back there, like they did not treat him really well, it was like, Hey, all we care about is beating the Giants. We don't really care what happens to you. And, you know, he had never, ever pitched out of the bullpen like that before. And it was just crazy to think, like, even in the, the Nationals World Series, uh, I, yeah, the Nationals World Series two years ago, Max Max never came in in that role. It was completely just to beat the Giants. And, you know, if that puts Dave Roberts on the hot seat, I, I don't think it should, but... Uh, I know he's going to be on the hot seat, because I know Dodger fans, and I I know, yeah, I know the Dodger fans, and that's kind of what goes on there.
1: Yeah, and honestly, it's something that I think we're going to get into a little bit uh, on on Wednesday with with, with Rizzo about this whole thing. It's kind of a hot hot seat topic is something that I want to bring up, and if it's really fair for Dave Roberts to be on the hot seat, I mean, I think there's a couple different ways to look at it, but yeah, I'm... I'm with you. You kind of persuaded me there. I, I, I'm not horribly upset about if the Angels were to push for Scherzer. If there's a certain person in the Angels organization that wanted Scherzer really bad, so be it. You know, I just hope that it comes at a relatively inexpensive cost. I know, you know, we have our free agent tracker, and we're going to talk about that in a second. We had him getting four for ninety-ish in that area, and I don't know if that ends up being what he gets, but. It'll be interesting to see down the road. So, like I just mentioned, the free agent tracker, me and Nate did that. You can find it at jaredtims.wordpress.com. Go to the free agent tracker, you can see all of our predictions. So, Nate, this took us about three days to do. And I guess I don't know if we should really even start at shortstop, but let's not start there because I don't think the Angels are really going to push for a shortstop free agently. Now, we did go through all That's, the pitchers.
2: Unless some miracle happens and you know, we're looking at a couple of weeks before spring training. The Angels still haven't decided on a shortstop, and you know Corey Seager and Trevor Story are still out there. Then I could see them doing that, but uh,
1: it's definitely going to be later. Yeah, and I I I firmly agree with that. I, I don't. I think I think it's going to be one of the first things that gets brought up is go get a shortstop because you kind of got to build your team around it. But I don't think it. I think it's in the trade route. I don't think that free agents are are really an option unless it's like a Jonathan VR or I don't even think Chris Taylor would really be in the mix. I think he's almost a little too expensive, especially for what the angels need. The angels kind of almost need a whole new bullpen in a sense. I know they got a lot of pieces and they're going to need a lot of, they're going to need at least two starting pitchers, two frontline starting pitchers. And I don't know if those guys are, are really out there either. But, you know, as we did this, we did all of the starting pitchers and all the relievers. Were there any starting pitchers that, you can kind of remember, and I I have it up right here, I'm kind of looking through it on, you know, who, what we put, where do we think, not really where we think they're going to go, but we put their numbers on here. Was there anybody, starting wise, in particular, that you were like, wow, the Angels having a legitimate shot at going and getting this guy? Or somebody that you like too?
2: Based on numbers, or just based on like, knowing the Angels, that's who they're going to go get.
1: Based on what we gave them, like, for me, I look at Carlos Rodon, and I know that that's like a horrible thing, but we said that he's going to get three for 55. I don't know if I'm totally against giving him three for 55, you know? Yeah. I know you are, but – or Justin Verlander. Like like Heyman just – John Heyman just came out the other day and said – he thinks that Justin Verlander is going to go to the angels. We said that Justin Verlander is going to get two for fi- two for 30, 15 a year. I'm totally fine with giving Verlander two for 30. Cause I know that Justin Verlander is that, or we look at Alex Wood, sorry, last guy on this list here. And we give him three for 30, 10 a year. I'm not, I wouldn't be upset about going and giving Alex Wood that money. I don't think he, I don't think he would come to the angels for that. I think that, you know, I think the giants are going to offer him something like that, or maybe a little bit more than that. But I I, I don't know. Was there anybody in particular? Um,
2: that I'm thinking about, I really don't mind the John Gray contract. I know that could be a little expensive, but I, I think getting him out of Colorado is going to be a big thing. It's kind of the, the thing that I talk about with Herman Marquez. I really like Herman Marquez. I think John Gray's got really good stuff and putting him, uh, Putting him in a position to succeed, like in Anaheim, I think that definitely could be. And that's not a terrible contract. What are we looking at? About fifteen million a year, or something like that. Yeah, so, like,
1: yeah, we give him four for sixty. So again, not, I wouldn't be upset with it.
2: No, and he definitely uh, he definitely could have a, a a big impact on the Angels for sure. Like, could he be when when they were dra- when they drafted him? They said he was an ace. I don't know if he's an ace, but he's definitely a really good number two. Like when he's right and he's in a system that that people like can help him with, I, I think he's a really, really good number two. So I, I don't really mind that contract. I'm a huge Noah Syndergaard fan. I don't know what he gets. I know we we put down uh, we put down three for fifty. Uh, I don't know if he gets that much it was one of those things where it's like well he could get that much but i could also see him taking a one for a one for 10 and just saying like yeah i know i'm coming off tj let me prove myself now that's always always a scary thing because the angels are over the century on those kinds of deals he's
1: but a, he's a different I'm, he's a different guy though
2: i'm a huge noah sinagar fan he's one of the best pitchers one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball i think because baseball fans see how big he is, you know, the Thor effect, the, he throws a hundred and, you know, two with sink. He's ridiculously gross. Like we just automatically assume that he should have Jacob Degrom's numbers. And, and maybe he should, but I think we, we look at him and go, Oh, he's, he's not Jacob Degrom. He's not that good. And it's like, well, hold on. He's still throwing up a 2.80 RA. You know, he doesn't have the stupid Jacob deGrom, hey, I'm not going to give up any runs, but, you know, Jacob deGrom is a different player. Um, he's different. But that's that's the thing about Syndergaard, is I think he gets, he almost gets the Bryce Harper treatment, where we look at guys and we go, okay, this guy needs to be the best player in the game, or this guy needs to be the best pitcher in baseball. And it's like, okay, like, I get it. He's got that kind of stuff where you expect them to be really good. But... To, to knock a guy for for having a two point eight ERA or three point one ERA, it, it's just, especially as an Angel fan, when you look at what what our pitchers have had over the last you know couple years, it's like I would I would kill for a two point eight ERA.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I, I mean just to get a guy that puts up a like a like a steady three and a half WAR. Like I know I'm talking about WAR. Like I threw out WAR, and you thought. ERA and that's two completely different spectrums. But somebody that you know you can kind of rely on and and Shohei Otani's that guy for sure. But I think you need another two Shohei Otanis to really start competing. Like you have those you have those guys that are going to eat innings for you and that's gonna that's gonna work. Like you have Jose Suarez. Suarez is going to be in the is going to be in the rotation and I, I'm totally fine with that after how he pitched last year. Patrick Sandoval, when healthy, is 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 proven now to be a Really, you know, a good number four or five guy, and that's that's what the Angels need. Now you have to go and get get those dudes to to make you a winner, and and it's 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 tough for me to say that they're close, but I mean, if they have a if they have a good off season, and not the off season they have had last year where they just filled holes, if they have a legitimate off season where they can go and get a couple dudes and, and maybe get a little lucky in the bullpen. And, and I, I mean, I'm just looking at a couple guys here. We have Chris Davinsky, Wade Davis, Oliver Drake. I mean, I mean, even Michael Givens or Greg Holland getting minor league deals and, and you kind of get lucky with a couple of those guys and those guys return to being dudes again, or Dylan Batanzas or, or somebody like that being dudes again. Then you know you're 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 really close. I think that they need a, a really good off season, though. I'll, I'll tell you that much. So Nate, I already started talking about the bullpen and a couple guys that I like. Was there anybody in the bullpen? I mean, heck, that are even getting minor league deals. I even mentioned a Kirby Yates, who the Angels had for for a quick minute. That's getting that we think is going to get a minor league deal. Joe Smith, Trevor Rosenthal, Sergio Romo. You know, just some. There's a bullpen to be made. I think that's that's the key thing that happens every offseason. There is definitely a bullpen to be made out of these guys.
2: It's got to start with Russell Iglesias. If you don't go get Russell Iglesias, you messed up. It was a bad off season, honestly. Like, I don't think there's another guy that you can go get if you're the Angels that can match what Russell Iglesias brought to the team this year. Like, he was an absolute dude for you. When the Angels used him properly, he was the best relief pitcher in baseball. And that's not even an understatement. Like, he is going to be worth every penny the Angels give, and you know me, I'm a huge closer guy, I think closers are very important, um, so, for the Angels to start their offseason, with Ross Iglesias, it's, it's a big, big deal, in my opinion, um, looking at other guys on that list, um, I know people are going to be upset about this, but Steve Ciszek, like, if he comes back, and you, and is used in the right role, I would not be upset, um, you know, you're looking at a minor league deal again, so it's really hard to get upset over a guy who maybe cost the team a million dollars. Maybe. So that's a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing returning. Um and then, like you said, Chris Definski would be interesting. If Alex Colomay really gets two million dollars, I, I would not be opposed to getting Alex Colomay either. I know he he was kinda okay with the twins and not great, but that's just another guy who can pitch at the back end of games and like just do a really good job for for them. So um, that wouldn't be a, an I would not be
1: upset with him, especially with his one year, two million. Absolutely, and and I I've mentioned a lot of guys that I think you know if, if they're getting minor league deals, you can't be upset about it. Like <laughs> if the Angels went and re-signed Albert Pujols to a minor league deal, you can complain all you want that. Albert Pujols wasn't good with the Angels, but you can't get mad that he's coming back on a minor league deal with a spring training invite. And that's not saying that that's going to happen, but I mean, Hey, weirder things have happened. That's, that's for sure. And so Nate, any final thoughts before we let everybody go?
2: I'm really excited for this next podcast Wednesday. Um, as well as our last podcast. I know I wasn't on it, but I got to hear it and it was awesome. So if you guys have not listened to it, I would go back and listen to that um, and, and get excited for this next one, because this, this is going to be a really, really fun one with, with the Rizzo report being on here. So uh, excited for this week, excited for the world series to start. Go Braves.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hype up Rizzo now because kids, the dude, he's uh he's special. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Rookie of the Year on the podcasting network. I don't even know if that's a real award, but you, you guys will see. You guys will see. He's talked to a lot of um, unbelievable people, you know, minor leaguers, major leaguers, a couple umpires. So we're going to just kind of break it all down with him. I, I even talked to me on his podcast. I think I was his third member on this, podca- on this podcast, and he just does a fantastic job. He he reports for the Giants and uh, just, just somebody that I really wanted to get on and, and talk a little bit of baseball with because he's a very – very knowledgeable person so guys as always thank you so much for listening to this podcast really do appreciate it if you could subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it leave us a review go follow us on all our social medias including myself on twitter at jared underscore tims nate on twitter at nate 34 and guys have a great rest of your day <laughs>
3: Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to Unified Healing.com slash Bluewire to learn more and find a center near you.